Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another edition of the NFL CD Podcast. I am the C, Cody Benjamin. The D, Dimitri George, is on the other line. We're going to run through every single NFL team and tell you whether they are a playoff contender or they are a playoff pretender. But first, we do have a special guest that's going to be coming on the show. We don't usually, we haven't at least yet in the show so far, talked too much about fantasy football. I didn't get a chance to mention that Dimitri, uh, we've run over my resume a little bit. Dimitri, we know he's a football guy, but he is now covering the Baltimore Ravens for pro football spot. He recently did a fantasy football post touching on some Baltimore Ravens you should take in your fantasy drafts this year and some Baltimore Ravens you should avoid. But we are lucky enough to be talking fantasy football with a guy who actually knows fantasy football during this episode. Um, Dimitri and I are pleased to have him on. He's a guest from ESPN, and this is Mike Clay, the fantasy football expert. This guy is behind the projections uh, that you'll see on ESPN.com. He's the one that that runs this thing, fantasy. I mean, Dimitri and I, we claim to know football, but Mike Clay, you can follow him on Twitter at MikeClayNFL. He knows fantasy football. Mike is joining us today. We are so honored. Mike, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing well. Appreciate the nice introduction. Uh, looking forward to uh, another great season just a few weeks away here. Yeah, and we just really appreciate you coming on here. Dimitri and I talked, it actually might have been another episode just recently, about how when you're, when you're watching football, when you're evaluating football, you don't always look at the bottom line. But when you work in fantasy football, your job is almost literally to look at the bottom line, to look at the stats. So I just, I mean, tell us a little bit about just, I mean, what it's like to work in fantasy football. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very specified field. But, I mean, how do you like it? Uh, I love it. I mean, working in fantasy football is really working in NFL first and then do, adding another layer to it. You know, you have to know the ins and outs of the NFL and, and understand league trends, team trends, coordinators, players, personnel, offensive lines. Uh, I, I don't just do offensive projections. I do – IDP, so every defensive player. I do punters, kickers, returners, everything you can think of. So I think I have a pretty good feel. I mean, I do, I do uh, quite a bit of NFL content, too, uh, for the site and on SportsCenter, that kind of thing, predictions for the season, all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, honestly, just doing the NFL side of it is, is one thing. Doing fantasy is just adding another layer on top of that. But I uh, really, really enjoy you know, being – I've been a football fan, a sports nerd since I was a kid, so – uh, it's kind of a, a natural fit for me. Yeah, and I just before Dimitri, Dimitri's got a few questions for you as well. But before he chimes in, I, I just I was just curious, how many leagues? I think I saw you hint on Twitter um, that you're in, or, or at least in your draft preview, that you're going to have. Um, you, you talk about having shares of players where you will draft guys on several different teams. Now, I usually end up having about two or so fantasy teams each year. I I like to have one team. Because I like to have, you know, a team that is my team I drafted. This is my quarterback. But, I mean, how many leagues are you in as a fantasy football expert? And, I mean, how many leagues do you generally have each year? Well, I, I draft probably like 30, but some of those are probably more, honestly. Some of those are just mock drafts or mags, that kind of thing. But I end up following probably about 14 or 15 uh, that I have to make roster decisions on, which is too much, uh, honestly. But uh, ask anyone who's, who's in deep in this industry – uh, how many there are, in, and they're going to give you about the same answer. You know, I have a handful of family and friends leagues that have been around for a decade or or longer. I have some ex, a bunch of experts leagues. I have some dynasty leagues that I love. So, uh, you know, I like to be in a bunch of different ones, uh, some with IDPs, that kind of thing, and 
and they add up after a while. But, uh, you know, usually the question I get asked when I answer that way is, how do you root for anybody? Because you're, you pretty much have a share of, of everybody. Um, but the fact is, on a week-to-week basis, at least early in the season, you know, this changes a little bit during the fantasy playoffs when I have more on the line. Uh, but I'm rooting for my rankings. You know, if, if, I, if I pound the table for a player, uh, that's the player I'm, I'm rooting for, and vice versa. If I say, you know, don't use this player this week, I don't want him to have a game for, for selfish reasons. So, uh, really, I root for my rankings on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and I just I, – I, you said you're in several, you know, dozens of leagues. I mean, are there any – you said you're in expert leagues. Is there any – I mean, does it give you kind of some, some power to brag over some of these? You know, are you in some leagues with celebrities, ESPN celebrities, that you like to brag over? Uh, well, we, we have the staff league. So uh, we, I, I kind of had the most points and best record last year, and I think Stefania Bell actually won it when it came down to the playoffs. So uh, a little bitter about that, but she deserved it. Had a had a good team. Uh, Matthew Berry gets a little upset when we bring up that league because he was he had one of those seasons where he was thir- second the entire year in points, but he kept losing. Pretty much every week he would lose, and he missed the playoffs. So uh, we like to give him a hard time about that. But uh, we'll be doing that one again. Um, we have some competitive ones from, you know, just within the industry. A lot of people, you know, from, from Roto World. One of my favorite leagues is with the staff over at Roto World, a, a dynasty league that Roto Pat set up years ago, and, and it's a ton of trades. You know, it's just like a real NFL rookie draft with tons of trades with picks and players, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, there's there's some I certainly enjoy more than others, but I, I try to take them all seriously. You know, I, there's a lot of people that say, ah, oh, this one – this one I try, and this one I really don't. Um, for me, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, I've, I give it my all in, in all of them, even the ones where I finish finish at the bottom. Mike, how you doing, Dimitri? And again, uh, many thanks for jumping on our show. Really appreciate it. Um, so I was today. I was I was at the office, and I was uh, you know kind of checking the pulse of a lot of my guys that I work with have fantasy drafts coming up, as many do. Um, a lot of Giants fans where I'm at. Um, Odell Beckham's injury is one that obviously put a scare into not only just fantasy owners, but also Giants fans. From a pure fantasy perspective, when you look at Odell Beckham's injury, rumors that he might miss week one. Um, now, if he misses one game, that's one thing. But with high ankle sprains, which is reportedly what he has, it's one of those situations where those can linger. And we know Odell Beckham is, uh, Odell Beckham is a, he, he vicious with his cuts, and he makes those hard-breaking cuts, which is what those high ankle sprains really limit. Um, and especially you got to be careful that you don't, uh, you know, you know, aggravate it. My question is, uh, it's obviously Odell Beckham. We know when healthy, he's without a shadow of a doubt, top 10 pick. Um, have you seen, uh, are you concerned at all with the injury about taking him high with the potential lingering high ankle sprain, even if it's just a week or are you just, it's Odell Beckham regardless. I'm taking him when, uh, if I have the opportunity in the top 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried. I mean, look back at his rookie season. He missed the first month of the season, still finished as the number seventh, the number seven scoring fantasy receiver. He's been top five the past two years. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen this time and time again with guys missing a little bit of time and us moving them too far down boards, and then you end up hurting yourself in the long run. You, you don't get a zero when, when these guys are out of the lineup. So, uh, you know, you're, and, and fantasy, honestly, especially a wide receiver, is deeper than ever. So you have options uh, to replace Beckham for a few weeks. So, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I mean, listen, if you want to take uh, Jordy Nelson or A.J. Green or Mike Evans, you know, somebody who, uh, well, Julio I'm taking before him anyway as a four spot, that's fine. I'm not going to crush you for that. Even if you want to go Shady McCoy, fine. 
Uh, but for me, if I'm sitting there at five and he's on the board, I'm, I'm going to take Odell Beckham. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of the route I was taking. You know, even if he does miss one game, it, it is what it is. But you can't deny Odell Beckham's going to produce for you week in and week out. Um, one one that I'm kind of switching positions here. I'm looking at the running backs. I'm looking for a, a, a RB two, and maybe maybe I'm selling these guys a little short here, but. Two guys that I keep running into when I run a couple mock drafts, I have a, uh, the number two pick in one of my drafts. When I get back onto the second round in a snake draft, um, apparently, uh, mock drafts have shown me to have the choice between Leonard Fournette and Isaiah Crowell. Now, Fournette's uh, battling a foot injury. I don't know the, really the severity of it. Crowell also, I believe, has a groin issue of some sort. Um, if you had, again, and this is just based on uh, um, just projections, but – if you had the choice between Fournette and Isaiah Crowell, which way are you leaning? Um, yeah, actually, just last Monday I published my uh, ultimate draft board, which is kind of a walkthrough round by round through a draft who I'm looking at, my targets, my strategy, what I'm thinking, that kind of thing. And uh, right at the 2 3 turn, my target, I, I, the guy I picked at the beginning of round three was Leonard Fournette. So, so that's my guy. I have him ranked four spots ahead of Crowell. Um, he's, Fournette sometimes goes in the second round. I just got him actually. I believe it was early in the fourth in an experts league that's going on right now. Uh, so, you know, he's, it kind of bounces back depending on what, who you're drafting with. They're going running back heavy or receiver heavy. Uh, running backs kind of flying off the board a little too, probably a little sooner than they should be this season, uh, just based on the risk at that spot and, and how reliable receivers are relative to that spot. But nonetheless, between those two, I'm going for Netta. You just look back at the history of running backs taken in the top eight over the past decade. There was four before Fournette, leading up to Fournette, and three of those guys were top seven fantasy running backs, and one of them was Trent Richardson. You know, it doesn't matter really if they pan out down the road. The guys are getting heavy workloads as rookies. Zeke, by the way, Zeke and, and Peterson were the other two. Uh, those guys are getting massive workloads out of the gate, and it's turning into fantasy production. I fully expect that to be the case for Fournette this year. And, Mike, you mentioned your ultimate draft board. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you suggested not even drafting a defense or a kicker until I, I believe it was not until either the final two rounds or at all. Now you, you suggested, you know, go for those flex players instead. So just talk just quickly about that strategy. I mean, would you recommend in any fantasy draft, I mean, forget about those positions and pick them up afterwards? Yeah. And this, this is especially the case right now, because as we're headed in here with the, uh, the, the uh, week three, the preseason, you're going to see a lot of the starters play about a half, maybe more so, uh, or more than a half, and there's a very good chance that some starters are going to get hurt. So instead of holding Nick Novak, a kicker, or, you know, the Rams defense or something like that, why don't you pick up a, you know, a, a guy um, like uh, Jonathan Williams for the Bills and, and, or Wendell Smallwood or, you know, any of these Joe Williams. It could be really anyone. John, James Conner, you can go on and on the list of, of handcuffed running backs because if the starter goes down and you happen to have that backup, you just got yourself basically a running back, too, in some cases, uh, maybe even, even more in some of the cases. So uh, you've you got to do that. There's no sense in keeping a kicker or a defense. You can go ahead and pick them up closer to week one or even after this weekend, you know, because a lot of these guys are going to put, get put on ice until week one. These starters are not going to get hurt. But especially this weekend, it's really important to have those backups, those handcuffs on your bench, and then make a decision later. Because my strategy, even in season is, I once once the weekend I drop my kicker in defense generally unless they have a like a the defense is a great matchup the next week uh, I'll drop them right away and use them to add waivers instead of dropping a good player to pick up someone off waivers 
and then I'll just stash an overloaded roster until Sunday morning or, or Friday, Friday, whatever, Saturday, whenever you set your lineup, then I'll drop my two worst players from there. And then, uh, you know, based on news from the week and injuries, that kind of thing, and then pick up the kicker and defense and, and maximize my chance of, of having the best roster in the league week after week. Now about quarterbacks and in your draft board as well, um, you emphasize pretty much that the thinking with quarterbacks is that, you know, they get lots of points, but lots of them get lots of points. Now, I mean, you kind of hinted at it in the draft board, but how many quarterbacks do you think are actually worthy uh, of an early pick? And when I say early pick, I mean, you know, those first couple of rounds. I mean, because nowadays it's, you know, you, you can grab one very late in the draft and still succeed. So, I mean, how many of those guys would you, you know, bang the table for early on? Yeah, as mentioned, I'm kind of working my way in this expert draft right now. We're actually headed – we're about at the round four or five turn, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady make it back to me here early in the fifth. So that's about when I'm comfortable going with those guys. Before that, there's just too much talent there. There's just – I'm not prepared to pounce on one of those guys. Maybe in the fourth round if your draft is going uh, pretty much – pretty straightforward and all the good players are getting soaked up. But before that, I wouldn't do it. You know, it's Rodgers and Brady on the tier – and then it's Drew Brees, who I'd look at in round five as well. And after that, I'm willing to wait. You know, Matt Ryan's interesting a couple rounds later, uh, but he's going to come back to earth a bit this season. Uh, you know, as great as his year was last year, the, the Falcons love the NFL in points by far. Uh, he was still number two in fantasy points to Aaron Rodgers. He should come back to earth a little bit. And Andrew Luck's hurt, so I'll take a look at him in the double-digit round just because of his upside. But after that, these guys are just so close. Uh, with Wilson and Newton and Stafford, Cousins, Prescott, Winston. These guys are just so close to each other. I, I'm fine waiting if, if I miss out on those top guys targeting Andy Dalton or I, I mentioned Kirk Cousins. Those are some guys I like at their at their average draft position. Mike, jump back in here. Um, thing with the quarterbacks, um, Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys that has uh, just about as much talent as you could ever ask for. Uh, from a quarterback position, especially with the anticipated return of Martavis Bryant, uh, if he, you know, obviously gets the full reinstatement uh, for the regular season, but his numbers at home compared to his road numbers are are dramatic. Um, can you, what have you seen that can you, you know, decipher why that is, or and is he even worth um, taking amongst that tier? Um, I'm looking at. It looks like you have him ranked number 14th for your quarterbacks. Um, well, how do you view him? And I think a, a lot of people say the same thing is that because his home numbers compared to his road are so, uh, you know, drastically different, you know, it's, you know, how do you, how do you assess Ben Roethlisberger as a fantasy quarterback, especially as a QB one? Yeah, you're right. We're going on three years now of these, these ridiculous splits for big Ben. Uh, and they start out on the road at Cleveland, then come back home to play Minnesota. So uh, is that, is that a guy you really are going to feel great about having in your lineup considering how deep the position is? I'm not. I, you know, he's not going to be ranked in, in the top 12 for me in week one, most likely. And, again, you just playing Minnesota week two, even at home, it's, it's going to be iffy. So uh, I'm going to look elsewhere. Uh, he's going in the 10th round of, of MFL 10s right now over at my fantasy league. Uh, similar ADP at ESPN. Uh, so it's just a guy that I, I haven't had many shares of. I, you know, I know he's going to have his great weeks, but you have to worry about that, that road split for sure. It's, it's definitely concerning. And, you want to carry, I don't like carrying two quarterbacks if I don't have to. The only way I do it is maybe in a deeper league. I throw a dart at a Carson Wentz and have kind of a, a guy that could potentially break out this year. But otherwise, I don't like to do it. So I'd rather get the one guy I could feel pretty good about most weeks. If that, if that quarterback has a tough matchup, then I'll look to waivers to find someone else. But, but uh, no, it's not a guy I feel crazy comfortable about, especially because of that those first two weeks. 
Mike, no, you got a busy schedule, so we'll get you out of here after this question. Kind of twofold. I know you said you had, you've been in league for is it close to a decade? I mean, who is the longest player that you've had on your roster? Your longest tenure player, if if you can answer that. And then jumping into a little bit of a different spectrum, fantasy football. Obviously, the popularity is rising. I mean, if you had to guess, just what things might change down the road as far as fantasy football and how it's you know part of the NFL market. I mean, give us your best guess at, at kind of just the future of fantasy football. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the first question is tough to answer. I think, uh, uh, man, looking back at, 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 I'm thinking about one of my leagues where it's a dynasty. I know that I, I had, uh, Matt Stafford was one of my first picks in a league that's probably like seven years old. And I actually traded him away in a deal for Teddy Bridgewater before he got hurt. And then I ended up getting Stafford back in another deal. Um, so that's, that's one that pops into my head. Otherwise I'm not sure. I, yeah, a couple other keeper leagues that have been going on for 10 years, um, I, you know what, Adrian Peterson, I, you know, I've had him since right around when he started in the NFL and he's still on one of my, uh, my, uh, my long-term family and friends dynasty league. So actually that would probably be the answer. Uh, interesting question though. Um, I actually remember kind of debating trading down a spot and taking Joe a die with that pick because Peterson was the first pick in that dynasty startup. Uh, so that would have been a, a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Good thing you didn't. didn't do that. So. Yeah, it's funny. Just bring bring it back that memory from you know almost a decade ago. But anyway, um, and then as for the the fantasy industry, obviously booming right now. We've had a big change the past couple of years. I mean, it was already going great, and then we had the big DFS influx, which was a, a bit of a roller coaster. It seems like it's settling down now, so that's uh, going to continue to be a big part of the industry going forward, I think. And uh, you know, otherwise, I think you know it, again, it's just growing in popularity uh, overall. You know, if you look at fantasy sports as a whole. You know, we got a whole new wave of an audience this year from Matthew Berry's, uh, you know, helping with, with Fantasy Bachelor and Fantasy Bachelorette, ABC, jumping on board with that. That You know, that brought a lot of the female audience in. Females are playing fantasy football more than ever. Basketball is getting bigger. Baseball is kind of leveled off, but everything else has been going so strong. So uh, it's just a really healthy industry. It's good to be a part of it, and uh, I'm excited to see what comes next. Awesome. Well, this is, again, for people who are just tuning in now or will listen to it later, this is Mike Clay from ESPN. He is the fantasy football guy there. Really appreciate you coming on. Dimitri doesn't even know it, but we snuck a fellow Eagles guy on the show as well. So, Mike, thanks for taking the time, and thanks for uh, listening to our questions this afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I said I'd do, I said I'd do uh, predictions. I have the Eagles taking the East this year. So, Hey, there you go. See, that's, that's the wow. most important thing you, you said this whole time, the greatest thing you just said. There you go. No, awesome wow. stuff. Thanks, thanks for having us on, Mike. We, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, that Mike. sounds good. Take care, fellas. Yep. All right, that was Mike Clay from ESPN. Good stuff because we don't usually talk fantasy football all the time, and, uh, you know, you can tell Mike knows his stuff. You know, we only bring people on here that know their stuff. And uh, Exactly. And and what a good insight there. If you want to talk a little more fantasy, we can. Otherwise, we can jump into predicting, um, running down the teams and saying whether they are playoff material or not. Clearly, to Mike, um, the Eagles are playoff material. Yeah, you uh, certainly snuck an Eagles guy in there. Uh, no, nah, but he doesn't come that. off. He's not, he's not like a uh, – you know, I, I just know because from, from writing about the Eagles and, and following them for a while, I, somehow or another I, I – you know, stumbled upon Mike's stuff, and then I realized, wow, this guy actually does, um, you know, all the projections for. I mean, when you're doing your ESPN fantasy league, he's the guy that puts in those those weekly project, you know, the season weekly projections. So, pretty big deal. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think the one thing I w- uh, now that I think about it because he brought up at the very end about how daily fantasy football is, you know change a little bit of the game like you said it, it came kind of kind of caught the world by storm you know i'm uh i will be participating again this year uh i did it i think the first year really came out and then i kind of stopped but i, I think i'm gonna get engaged back into it this year how drafting a team how drafting you know getting you know how's it what goes what goes into the, you know getting the best squad for just one week you know it's you're not it's not a team that you can you know it, you're not you're not strapped to that team for you know a full fantasy season. It's one week, really one day most of the time. Um, so I, I, I was curious about that, but uh, well, well, we'll revisit that there, there down the line with them. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game to me. I mean, I think I tried it a couple of weeks, but that's just you know I, I like I like the sense of that's why I said I usually I like to have one team because. It's almost like when you're playing Madden. Like I like to build my team, and that's you know you take ownership of it, you try and upgrade it, and you know, the weekly thing, I think it's cool, especially it's a short-term commitment and, and you know, you have a shot at, at winning, but definitely a different a different style. But it is, you know, it is pretty crazy. I mean, fantasy football, I'd say, I, you don't want to say it's as big as football, but it certainly goes hand-in-hand hand these days. I mean, who doesn't have a fantasy football team? And they, I mean, they got, they're churning out magazines, you know, the content for it is, is as high as ever. And, you know, that's why people like Mike have, have jobs. I mean, we're paying, you know, just like me and you, are in some sense or another being paid to cover sports. And we've got people paying, you know, being paid to cover a sport within a sport. Um, right. So it's, it's it's pretty intriguing. But let's jump in. Let's jump into the playoff project. What I really wanted to do was just make this quick and snappy, but, you know, you can throw in a little bit of a defense. But I wanted to just run through all the teams and say yay or nay. They are a playoff team or they're not. I mean, I know I know you you like to get down – uh, you know, you like to lay it down straightforward, so we're gonna do it that way. So let's we want we might as well start in the NFC because Mike's already kicked us off. Let's go through the NFC. So let's just let's just start with Washington. Yeah, your nay. That's what I want to hear from you. You can chime in a little bit more if you want. Uh, I'm gonna go nay. Um, I, I I think there's a little bit more going on behind the scenes than we really know. I don't know. Um, I don't know how the Kirk Cousins situation is gonna work out if they're um, you know, what his future is there. I think he doesn't really want to be there. Um, to me, I, I think uh, the Redskins, while I like some of their young pieces, um, I think they'll be competitive. I just don't think they'll be able to be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, a little too much behind the scenes, like you said. Dallas. Now, last, we did bold predictions. My bold prediction was Dallas wasn't going more than 500. Question, I guess, is is that good enough to make the playoffs? I'll say nay. Woo! Well, uh, I'm not shocked. Here we by go. That. Lay it um, on me. I'm going to go that they're going to make. Play- I know. I, I, I'm going. I'm going. They're getting in the playoffs. You know, a lot hinges on the Zeke suspension and whether it upholds, whether it reduces, whatever the case is. You know, that's going to be a big first month and a half for the for the Cowboys if he has to, you know, fulfill that full game six game suspension. A lot's going to be on Dak. Um, but I like Dallas. I think they're extremely talented. Um, I still think they find a way to get in the playoffs. New York Giants. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, people don't know. We could debate this all day long. Too. I mean, maybe. But I, I, you are like a secret New York Giants fan. No, 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 no. You, that's, our good, that's, our good, that's our good buddy Vince. Vince is the secret Giants fan. 
who yeah, we got all these Steelers fans with like secret identities that that like these. No, other no, teams. no, no, no. I, I I feel a little disrespectful if you put me in the same category as people with secret with secret teams. Uh, I'm one team. One we team we on. do know some I, of those I, people I, though. I, oh, absolutely. I take the good with the bad, and I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, but um, I I think the Giants. I love their defense. Um, I think you know, granted everyone's healthy. They should have a pretty uh, – obviously a passing attack would be very dangerous. Uh, the running game is a concern. Offensive line is a concern. But I think their defense is good enough, uh, and I think their offense um, will be able to put up points, especially with their receivers. Uh, as, as long as everyone stays healthy, they should be in the playoffs as well. Yeah. I, I say yay, and I say yay to the Eagles. So I think the Giants and the Eagles are going to the playoffs. So, I mean, you can round her out with the, with the Philadelphia prediction. Oh, yeah, you can the wild card. Oh, wait, you said Giants and Dallas are gone. I did. And I will say, damn, I said the Eagles are going to compete for a wild card. I, you know what? I'll give, I'll give you the three teams from the NFC East. Oh, and I'll my say goodness. the Eagles sneak in as a wild card. I think there's a lot of guys on that team and coaches that feel the pressure that, you know, they want to build off last year, even though it was disappointing the way they started and how they finished. I think, you know, with the contracts that they've gave those players, Alshon, Torrey Smith really got just a one-year deal. A lot of these guys got these one-year prove-it deals. I think a lot of guys feel the pressure, and I think they're going to want to obviously, you know, give it all they got for this one year. Um, and, I, and I feel like the Eagles will be good enough to sneak into the wild card. Wow. He's going with the three team. I mean, I hope you're not just caving to, the, to my desires for that one. But let's move on to the NFC North. Why don't you kick us off? Give me your – who's going to the play – we'll just run through this, you know, so we can get through it a little bit quickly. We'll say just start it off with who's going to the playoffs and who's not, NFC North. Well, obviously, it, well, based off my projections, there's only one team that can come from the North, and that will be the Green Bay Packers. Yikes. It's not the uh, – I mean, that's not what Mike Zimmer wants to hear out here in Minnesota. And uh, they will be a good team. Their defense will be solid. Um, to me – and I think Dalvin Cook will be uh, is going to be a good player in this league. I just Sam Bradford to me just is not going to. I think he's uh, he just not. I don't think he has the ability to lead him to a playoff to the playoffs. Not even to the nothing, playoffs. He can't. Not nothing against Sam Bradford uh, personally. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. I understand. I I was just surprised. I thought you were going to say he could lead him to the playoffs, just not through the playoffs. No, I I don't think. Unfortunately. Um, I, I just Sam Bradford to me, he's a good player, but to me, you know, there, he, he needs a lot of things around him to go to be perfect. And I don't think Minnesota's at that part at that stage right now. Yeah, the tough thing with them is they've got a great defense, um, but they had a great defense last year and they started off well, but it couldn't really save them once the offense soured. Um, exactly. I, I see Minnesota kind of in like that nine and seven, eight and eight kind of realm, but maybe if things right. swing their way a little bit they can, you know, pull off a wild card spot. Same thing with Detroit. I think Detroit's got quite a bit of talent there, but they they have yet to put that consistently together. That's really tough for me. I mean, I think Green Bay goes for sure, but I think either Minnesota or Detroit has a has a very good shot at, at getting a wild card as well. Um, let's move on to the NFC South. This is a division where we've seen a lot of turnover, I mean, jumping from the cellar to the top. Um, so give me your teams in the NFC South. I've got the uh, Atlanta Falcons going to the playoffs. I think Tampa Bay will be competing with Philly um, for that last wild card spot. I'm going to give the edge to Philly. Um, but really, I like 
I think Carolina will rebound. I just don't think it'll be enough. I think uh, they'll be, you know, competing for a wild card, you know, be it most of the year. Um, but ultimately, I think, um, and New Orleans is going to be New Orleans. They're going to score a lot of points, and they're not going to play any defense. So, uh, well, they'll play a little bit better defense. But uh, still, to me, I, I just don't see that they've done enough defensively to make me say that they can compete for a playoff spot. So I got Atlanta with uh, Carolina and Tampa Bay close by. Well, you can see already, I mean, just a couple divisions in, this is an exercise in just complete guessing because, to me, it's it's weird to try and say the Carolina's not going to go back to the playoffs again because just a few years ago, you know, they're in the Super Bowl. Um, but I don't think the Saints are going, for sure, out of those teams. I mean, even though it, it'd be something to see Drew Brees, you know, people would remember that Drew Brees is in the league again, again if they became relevant. Um, I think Tampa Bay goes to the playoffs. Um, I think Atlanta is too good. I mean, though, I think they'll they'll fall off a little bit and, and make some room for Tampa Bay. But I think t- you know, right now, actually, I would say the only team I'm you know very confident is going to the playoffs is, is Tampa Bay. And then you know, I think I don't want to say Atlanta has that big of a hangover, but um, you know, is it possible Carolina gives them a run for their money there? I mean, you don't think the Carolina they- could push them that much? I think they can, but I just don't – I think Atlanta's got too much. I think – I know they've lost Kyle Shanahan, but I still think their offense is going to be dynamic. Uh, defensively, they're fast. Um, they're aggressive. Vic Beasley, um, I'm getting after the passer. Deion Jones, Keanu Neal. Um, they have Desmond Trufant coming back this year. So I, I just like that Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, just a little bit more than Carolina. I think Carolina will be a little bit more uh, dynamic on offense with guys like Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Um, but I, I just uh, I don't think they have enough to uh, overtake the Atlanta Falcons. All right, on to the West. On to the West. We know you love the 49ers from these past episodes, but I mean we were not sh- we're not shooting them right to the postseason yet, are we? No, no, no. Uh, like I said, they'll be competitive. Um, and they'll be in every game that they play. Um, but in the West, I think it's, uh, it's obviously going to come down to um, Arizona and Seattle. To me, Seattle is the better football team. Um, I think, and I, and I think they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I don't think a lot of those, whether they're true or not, I don't think a lot of people in that locker room are too happy about the rumblings about a disconnect between the defense and the offense, specifically um, with uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I think they're going to play a little bit of chip on the shoulder. I think you're going to see a little bit uh, uh, of an old Seattle team that's really close, really close. And they, not that they never were, but I think you're going to see that even more this year uh, with a very tight group uh, that really is out there battling with, for one another. And I think they, uh, honestly, I think they win their division by two or three games. I agree. I think Seattle wins that division. I think this is the easiest division to predict as far as playoff teams. I wonder if we're adding too many wild card teams here because we gave three teams from the NFC. I mean, if you're doing three teams from the NFC East, I mean, we're cutting the you know wild card spots right down. Um, so obviously, I don't think even all the teams we said could possibly. I mean, we're over the limit here, aren't we? No, no, no. We had three. We had three uh, wild cards, or three teams from the NFC East. That's three, and we had one. I had one from each division. Read the rest of the division. But that's six. Oh, I thought we slipped an extra. There's just a bunch of teams there on the fringe, which is as usual. I mean, I remember when I think Mike Clay, who we had on earlier, I think he even does projections for wins and losses um, for each team. And I think you know 
he was saying everyone, every uh, the fan of every team always comes out after he comes out with these predictions and says, you know, we should be ten and six this year. We can reasonably go ten and six, and that's every team's expectation. But there's always stuff that that doesn't go right. So, but I think that we did. You know, I guess you had the right number there. Jeez, I I, I wasn't known for my math, Jimmy. Um, let's move well, to. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's all right. Listen. Every now and again, when the Eagles haven't made the playoffs in a while, you kind of lose track of things. So oh, my gosh. Shouldn't have gave you the extra well, time. Um, well, what are you trying to throw shots in here mid, mid-preview? mid We're getting along. It's harm. You know, we're having a, a very well, you, well, you're Listen, and, 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 and the people don't know. We've got, we've got a special uh, guest coming on for our next episode. Uh, and, and you talk about a Philly guy. I mean, this is, I mean you can't get any more. Um, so, so you're telling listen, me I'm sneaking too much Philadelphian? No, no, no. I just got to get my jabs in now because I got to, I got to, you know, pay a little respect when we have, you know, some guys that come on from the. You know, I, you know, I have respect for these people. I have, Cody, and you know, I have the utmost respect for you. But uh, you know, I, I feel comfortable enough that I can throw a couple jabs at you. <laughs> you throw jabs at whoever you want. I'll be here to back you up. I mean, we're in the ring together here, Bill. All right, people. All right, moving on to the AFC. You're throwing me right off the tracks. Um, we go. <laughs> I mean, I'm derailed. AFC West. Let's start there with with uh, good old Marshawn. Yeah, uh, you know yeah, you love Derek Carr. You're taking the Raiders. Yeah, thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was literally saying Derek, and then you cut me off. But uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders, I think, win that division. Um, I actually think San Diego will come in second. Um, I think Kansas City takes a step back this year. Um, I, I just feel as though trading up for Mahomes. You know, uh, you know, Alex Smith. I think obviously is, has really turned his career around, and all the credit goes to him. But I think, you know, especially in the playoff loss last year to the Steelers, you really see why, you know, he just hasn't been able to get over that hump. And I think that's why the Chiefs did what they did by trading up to getting Mahomes. Um, but I just ultimately think um, the, the 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 Chiefs just take a step back, and I think uh, the Broncos. Um, while they'll be good defensively, and Vance Joseph will have that defense, you know, one of the tops in the league, I just don't think they have enough offensively. Um, so give me the Raiders um, in the AFC West. Yeah, I like Oakland too. Um, I, you know, Denver's defense will be good, but I think that how long are we going to keep talking about, uh, you know, Denver's defense is going to drive them forever. I mean, at, at some point we got to see some kind of, progress there and I know it's still early in Paxton Lynch's career and whatever but Denver's got too much going on there um I I think to to put up with the Raiders um Chiefs are an interesting one I think that the big concern is can Andy Reid get past the playoff games not you know necessarily get to them but they might have trouble getting to them this year um I do think San Diego will be better but I think it's still kind of that race between the Raiders and the Chiefs but we'll go with Oakland you know I agree you know, we don't have we don't have many disagreements so far. Let's go to the um the AFC North so that we can have a disagreement. Um I like the Steelers to win this division. Um and I think Baltimore will be a wild card team. Um Cincinnati wow. takes a step back. I know they've added some offensive weapons with Joe Mixon and uh and Ross, the receiver, the speedy receiver. Um, you know, I just think they lost some pieces up front. Um and I think that's really gonna come back. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, come back not necessarily to bite them because they 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 prepare. They've taken some guys early in the draft off the, off the, off the, on the offensive line, excuse me. Um, 
But to me, I, I think that, you know, losing Whitworth and Zeitler um, and even, you know, even the guys I still have, you know, Bodine, um, Andre Smith, uh, you know, goes, those guys really uh, struggled a bit last year. I think that's going to hurt them. I think defensively they'll be solid. Paul Gunther usually has a solid, runs out of solid defense. Um, you know, obviously it's still Vontez perfect, you know, talented, but still a headache. Um, and Cleveland, um, who knows? You know, apparently they're trying to trade Brock Osweiler. They're giving Deshaun Kaiser the start in the third preseason game. Um, they're going to obviously be, you know, still at the bottom of the division, but I, still, I think um, they have a chance to be pretty competitive. I like what Greg Williams is doing with that defense. They will be uh, in every game they play. But give me Pittsburgh to win the division and Baltimore as a wild card. Yeah, man, there goes my Brock, you know, bold prediction right down the sewer pipes. Um, sure you does. know, it's uh, – <laughs> I'm going – no, I, I was joking about the arguments here. I think Pittsburgh takes it, and if anyone's going to compete, it is going to be Baltimore for the wild card. But I, I say just like um, – what was I talking about? The NFC West, just like that, I think this is one of the most easy to predict in the AFC. I think Steelers take it. Um, AFC South, here's an interesting one. You got the Andrew Luck and the and the Mariota battles continue. Give me the. You want the Tennessee uh, Titans? I do. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Um, give me Tennessee. Uh, I think Houston. You know, Tom Savage um, has earned the right to be the starting quarterback. Has he? Um, but I think. Uh, I mean, you know, that's I mean, what do you Bill O'Brien. Uh, yeah, and we've and we've discussed Bill O'Brien doesn't have that great of a quarterback development spree here, and and I know he doesn't he hasn't had that much to work with. Well, and trust me, and uh, uh, with Savage getting the start, the, the Watson lovers are going to be pounding the pavement as soon as Savage throws an interception. <laughs> pounding um, the pavement. So oh. you know, I I think I think you have to do it this way though. Um, I think you have to go savage. You go the veteran first because it, you, then you go to the rookie, and there's not pressure on the rookie at that time. It's not like he's I got starting. You. You know, he's not no entitled. Players. Right. So, because if you go the other way, you start the rookie, and he struggles, you're bringing the backup, and it's not much better. Do you, well, you can't just go back to the rookie. Now the rookie's confidence is shot already. So Yeah, I, but I say, I, I say, I mean – yeah, and and the other interesting side is Houston is maybe ready to compete now, except for the quarterback. So, how early do you want to get him in there? I mean, how long? How many weeks do you wait before you can say, "Oh, I don't want you know, I don't want Deshaun Watson to be like, you know, walking in like he thinks he's he's got it already." No, totally agree. Um, I like, uh, and again, their defense will be solid. Um, I think they'll be able to control the game. Lamar Miller. Uh, Deontay Foreman, the rookie they took out of Texas, I think they'll be able to run the ball, play good defense, and limit the the, the exposure, I guess, for their quarterback, whoever it may be. Um, but to me, Tennessee, I like what they have. I like Mariota coming back off the even off the, the leg injury. Offensive line, they're going to pound the football. Dick LeBeau leading that defense. Give me Tennessee. Houston comes in second. Uh, India coming third. Jacksonville with their quarterback issues, again, will be at the bottom of the division. So what do we got? Just AFC East? We got the AFC East. Finish her off. Patriots. That's all you want. Nope. I've got the New York Jets win this division oh my. Uh, by yeah. landslide. Yeah, we know that's the biggest so, joke, especially from you. So uh, I 
have the New England Patriots, and obviously I have the Miami Dolphins. But my bold prediction was Jay Cutler leads into the playoffs and gets oh, the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, All right. I, Miami does okay. have the talent. We've talked about that. So what, how many wild cards do we have? I mean, what do we get out here? I have, I, have, I have Pittsburgh, New England, Oakland, and Tennessee as my division winners. I have Miami, and I'll give you – oh, and uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. That's what I have. So I have Miami, Baltimore as my wild card. Um, Pittsburgh, New England, Oakland, and uh, Tennessee as my division winners. Now, this is just off the top of my head here, but and I don't know why. And sometimes this happens more with the AFC than the NFC. But when I hear some of those teams listed off, it already sounds like a classic postseason. I don't know if you get that feeling, but, you know, you think of you got the Steelers, you got the Patriots, you got the, you know, even throw the Titans in there. It just sounds like a good, gritty postseason. You're That's talking about the Steve McNair, the Drew Bennett yeah, Titan stuff, Eddie George? Yeah, well, I'm just, it just, it, has, it feels like that classic, you know, good old, let me strap the pads right on and play. You That's know? right. Good. Good old stuff. That's what we want, and that's exactly why we talk NFL all the time on here. But you know, we'll we'll dive a little bit more, you know, deeply into into some of this stuff. The season's right around the corner. We're week three, technically, yeah, week three of the preseason here. Um, the roster cuts are coming up. We got a special guest, like Dimitri said, coming on to talk a little bit more about the Eagles. So Dimitri's going to have to find someone else on the Steelers side to, to even the tally here. Um, but we'll we'll be back very soon. Thanks so much again. We'll just shout out Mike Clay from ESPN for joining us. You know we're we're with the big dogs now, Dimitri. Listen, it's humbling, but you know what? Uh, they're always uh, it's always awesome that they're willing to come on. It shows what great not just you know great fantasy football experts or beat writers or whatever they, their job title be, just what great people they are. Um, yeah, you know that's just what we aspire to be, and it's always uh, and we're thankful. Yeah, so again, this is the NFL CD Podcast. That was Dimitri George, who was just yapping. I am Cody Benjamin. You can follow us both on Twitter. Myself, at Cody J. Benjamin. Dimitri, at Dimitri, D-E-M-E-T-R-I. George, you can follow us at the NFL CD Podcast. And subscribe on iTunes for free. We will be back very soon with more content. This is the NFL CD Podcast, signing off.